I'm tired, but I'm trying to get some energy because it's Cinco de Mayo and I'm Mexican, so I got to celebrate. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> How you feeling, Brandy? Uh, my weight's been good. I'm still kind of running around crazy, but it's been all right. Things are finally slowing down. Yes, yes. I feel like we've seen each other like three times this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we went to, <laughs> shout out to DJ Drill, Tribute 614. That was such a dope-ass event. A good it vibe. It was, it was a great time. vibe. Like, it was just perfect. I had a really great time, so shout out to that. Um, also, <laughs> shout out to Jerome from Cloth Talk Podcast. Oh, yes. Um, we the put- podcast awards are coming up. Um Shout out to Jerome for putting that together. And he's going around to everybody's podcast and trying to get video clips for us to tell people to vote for our podcast. That's super dope. Um, The links to vote is on our bio on Instagram. Yep. I think we're up for... Society and culture. culture. And I have put it on my story exactly how to do it. So (laughs) you better go in there and vote for us. Yes. And... Get a ticket to the show. It's free. Come it's on. free. Yes. It's free, so no excuse. No excuse. But <laughs> it is going to be nice and hot outside. Oh, yes. August? August 25th is that weekend. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a whole thing that um, I'm new to. PodFest Midwest is the new name, but it was it's like a whole festival weekend of podcasts that are here in Columbus. Um, That's We're exciting. bringing a, a spin to that, so... That's so exciting. Yeah. It's always great to have new things to do in the city. Everyone's always complaining. What I do, what I do. It's a lot of new shit <laughs> popping off. So get into it. Um, tickets are free. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Take Control Podcast, Twitter Take Control Pod. Our Facebook is Take Control Podcast, and um, definitely email us at Take Control Podcast at gmail Self care tip. Self-care tip. Okay, so what I found was take a 30-day social media break every few months. Breaks can help you realign your boundaries, reduce stress, and help you sleep better. Do you guys take uh, social media breaks? I did an Instagram break. I noticed. I think I want to go back. I try from time (laughs) to time. Sometimes I make myself log out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's days, sometimes it's hours, mm-hmm. whatever. Whenever I get overwhelmed, I try. Yeah. What do people do before social media? Talk on the phone. Talk on the phone. Text, meet up. I think so. I think it's Black yeah. Planet. <laughs> I know, but it's like, I don't know what, what's life without social media. Think about it. When did I remember joining Facebook in high school? High school. Okay. I think it might have been my junior year, but Facebook had already been out because it was more of like a college thing. Right. But even then, it wasn't like really available at your fingertips until right. smartphones came out, you had to right? Be on a computer, mm-hmm. yeah. So you had, had to be, be on, on the computer. computer. So I kind of liked it better when you had to actually be on the computer, yeah. Because at least you can't take it with you. And everybody's school wasn't on there at the same time, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> so and then like with Black Planet, that was that was middle school. That was middle school, right? That MySpace was and Black Planet yep. was around that time. So I don't know. I. Social media can be a lot. That's why I had to get off. Like, I was so tired of seeing everyone be fake happy. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't spent a lot of time on social media probably since, I think, Nipsey Hussle passed away. Okay. Because that 
began to become a little overwhelming. People just continuously posting. And mm-hmm. then I think some other stuff happened in the news and people mm-hmm. were posting. And it's just like, I kind of need a break. And I was posting on my stories. Okay. And I think I posted when I was in Tampa, but I haven't been scrolling. So, okay. yeah, I think breaks are necessary. Right. At different times. I've never actually took the app off my phone. Okay. I probably should try that. That'd be interesting. I would like to go a week without any social media. Mm. Mm. We may have to make that a challenge. Who's going to run our... Oh, shit. Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'll ask Royce to do it. <laughs> got a lot to say anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I said what I said. Honestly, I have nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've seen something from Ayanla, so I'm just going to use this. It says, sometimes a change of perspective may be all that it will take to transform a painful experience into an empowering growth experience. Mm. Very interesting. I agree with Positive. that. Yeah. Yes. I 100% agree with that. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so with the take control, and I honestly, not going to lie, I ain't no liar. I was sitting here thinking, like, what can I say? But I really thought, like, take control of your vices. Mm. Um, we all have them. I think it's important to do that because it's so easy to get wrapped up in them and they can overtake you. So if you know you have a vice as far as with alcohol or or if you have a vice with maybe overeating or overindulging or spending too much money, like, you know, just take control of it. First of all, identify your, your bad habit or your vice and then find ways to every day cut back on that. So... I know I love wine. Mm. Um, I don't know if I call it a vice, but (laughs) I drink it every day. (laughs) So I really have to make a conscious effort. Like, okay, I may drink wine, but I'll make sure I get all my shit done. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that if I'm going to drink, if I'm going to enjoy a glass of wine, let me make sure I take my ass to the gym. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just make sure that you have control over it and it's not controlling you because it's so easy to get caught up in these worldly these worldly things, even as a biblical woman, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, we can just hop right into the show. Um, first, let's start with a little gossip, a little celebrity gossip. Keisha Cole is knocked by her 22-year-old rapper boyfriend? I've seen that. Um, Keisha is older than us. Yeah. Mm. Um, She's probably about 35. Mm. Yeah, 35. She may be knocking on 40's door. Let's do a little research real quick. But 20, I mean, she appears to be happy. Yeah. I just don't know. 22 is quite young. She's 37. Whew. And she's a Libra. Well, come on, Keisha. Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> um, Could y'all see yourself pregnant by a 22-year-old right now? <laughs> no. No way. Honestly, a 22-year-old asked me to have his baby. Okay, what was your thought? And I laughed. <laughs> I'm like, you're a baby. <laughs> yeah. No. I, yeah. It's hard having babies by these 32 year old niggas. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. 22, I. Nope. That's 15 years her junior. I, I feel like you're still growing at 22. Like, you're still learning. You're still. Especially for a guy yeah. at 22. Like, you need to be out here. You need yeah. to enjoy your life. <laughs> yes. I would want you to enjoy your life. Because I don't yeah. want you to come back and resent me. Because I took your, you know, I robbed the cradle on your ass. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's a mature 22. I feel like 
that something you should have played with and just kind of kept it? Under yes, that yeah. should have been a boy <laughs> toy. That's nothing that. that you like. I could see them getting married in a few years. Absolutely. Prayers for Keisha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it must be too bomb for me. Right. A happy, healthy baby. I do too. I do too. Um, Offset sees his father after 23 years. Yeah, I thought that was so like cute because he posted a video and he was just kind of like the past is the past. Let's move yes, forward. forward yeah. And I was just really like, that's amazing. Yeah. Because if that was me, I'm like, fuck you, nigga. Like, <laughs> especially now that I'm like this mega star. Right. Right. You know, it's not like you... <sighs> and I remember him saying, I think it was um, The Breakfast Club, he was saying, like, he hadn't seen his dad since he was, like, four. Mm-hmm. But I think he had kind of talked to him intermittently between mm-hmm. then and now. And he would just, you know, give him money and different things like that. But to actually, like, see your dad and there's no hard feelings and you're just right. like... That's, a that's amazing. Another. Let's start from here. Like, yeah. that has to be dope. Speaking of fathers, I know we have that one touchy episode with Ashley... And me and her were talking on Instagram. And I was like, you know what? I reached out to my dad. We'll see Did how you? it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it lasted a day. Oh, really? And now I'm just kind of like, it is. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, you know, like at first I was kind of like, like it was kind of like, oh hey, how are you? We good? How are the boys? And then I just didn't hear from him after that. So it's like you're still inconsistent. You're so how still, long has it been? Uh, I, honestly, I don't know. Because we, throughout, we talked every now and then. Or, like, we'll be cool for a solid couple months, don't talk for a year, then be cool. Like, and now I'm just like, I don't even care. Like, I reached out to you. It is what it is. Yeah. So. Did you did you approach the conversation or it was just kind of like a, hey, how you doing? How's it was just like a, hey, how you gotcha. doing? I was just yeah. like, hey, dad. Because yeah. I kind of wanted to catch up and then be like, you know, I think we need to talk. I right. didn't want to just be like, hey, let's talk. And I ain't talked to you in months. Maybe so. I should do that, though. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I care. Yeah. Well, but you know what? Too. I think it's good that you at least put it out and you did. You know, like, you, mm-hmm. it was laid on your heart to do it and you went through and you followed through and did yeah. it. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of like off of you now. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, you did your part. Yeah. You I know our feelings. Part. Yeah. I ain't mad. I ain't angry no more, so. That's good. That's definitely good. Definitely. That's really good. The growth is always good. Yeah. Last dope. Um... So Jordan Woods, um, she's been very blackish lately. <laughs> Black. I peeps. <laughs> so um, she um, said that the whole Tristan Thompson, Thompson, Chloe Kardashian scandal made her understand for the first time what it's like to be a black woman. Okay, <laughs> I, I was like. I was confused. I'm so confused. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, need, need, I, need I need her more. to elaborate. I need some, <laughs> a lot, maybe because, she, I, did she not feel black, black before? before? I, she didn't elaborate? I, I don't, don't think know. there and was I a lot of elaborations for research. it. I mean, the fact that she even said, I don't even know what she could even provide behind that, what backstory yeah. she could give me to be like, okay, I get where you're coming from. But it's like, I'm trying to think. I mean, because she felt like she was outcasted, she was shunned. She was. They finally said, "Hey, you know, you're a black woman," or maybe who knows if they That's called the them angle. the N word. And now, you know, you were, you know, you were high up on this social totem pole with the Kardashian, uh, Kardashian yeah. Jenners, and now you're kind of like a black sheep in Hollywood. Or people like, is that what it's like to be a 
feel like a black woman? I don't know. <laughs> is she like, I don't know. I don't like the fact that it seems like that she's equating this struggle with what it's like to be a black, black woman. woman. Even though being a black woman does come with struggle, it's like. Yeah. I, I we need more. you to elaborate. I feel like I think she may be over in Africa right now. So maybe when she gets back to what? the States. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I saw her. She's now rocking like micros. The braid. Yeah. Who, Jordan? She needs to go back yes. on Red uh, Table Talk. I need. I need. I need but you I know what? Questions. But I always say you only know what you know. And if she was brought up in this life of privilege and being around nothing but white people yeah. then now she may be getting back to her roots she's hanging out with black girls she's getting her hair like you know yeah we we gotta you know we were talking about which is a great segue because i believe i don't know she's biracial but she i would consider her like racially it. ambiguous mm-hmm. um because i saw her mom her mom got a little flavor to her but i don't mm-hmm. know i thought I thought her I know dad her dad's was black. black. Yeah. I know her dad's black, but then I saw but her, her mom. mom I thought something. her mom was white, but then I saw her mom. Mom got a little, little flavor to her. So, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Jordan. Everyone is kind of rooting with you. I feel like in the black community because you are a black woman, right? Um, so you know, we we didn't let um the shade room continue to post positive things about you and keep you in a positive light because of what you went through. But definitely elaborate. It's never too late, I guess, to get to your roots. And especially if you're doing it in a sincere way. Way. So, um, speaking of color and being black, black girl (laughs) magic, uh, Miss Teen USA, Miss USA and Miss America. um, We've been seeing it. All around plastered black girl magic that all three of these individuals are African-American women and how dope it is that we are, you know, kind of running the pageant world. Mm -hmm. There has been some backlash, though, um, I would say particularly from the African-American community where they feel as though two of the three are racially ambiguous women, as in they look like they could be, quote unquote, other, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't know what exactly they are as far as race um goes so they're getting some backlash so what do you guys how do you ladies feel about those that are racially ambiguous um taking up space or being identified as black or do you feel anything i see i see both sides i i can see why people would say this isn't black enough mm-hmm. and then i could see why people would say okay we in some sense now have a seat at the table, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, my question is, I feel like if these were brown skinned women mm-hmm. with their natural hair, mm-hmm. beautiful skin, would black women or black men then say, oh, why is she, why, why didn't do nothing to her hair? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we put ourselves in lose-lose situations. Like, mm-hmm. we're never satisfied. Mm-hmm. So whether they were light-skinned women, mixed women, chocolate women, mm-hmm. you're ne- somebody's not going to be satisfied. Somebody's going to have something to say. Just mm-hmm. like how, a terrible example to use, but how people would talk about how Beyonce didn't do Blue Ivy's hair. Right. Why she don't do her hair? Right. You know, it's just right. like you're it's never always. really... Mm-hmm. satisfied so mm-hmm. I guess my question is is what do we want what is it that we're looking for that's true That that's uh, a really good I don't know if they know <laughs> <laughs> honestly mm-hmm. um, I don't know on one hand I kind of feel like I just want people to be happy that it's black women there whether they're mixed light skin brown skin whatever just be happy mm-hmm. 
Um, but on the other side, after seeing the pictures, the, yeah. the girls, I'm kind of like, why do you gotta f- like look more black? Like mm-hmm. I just don't like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So what, Daryl? We probably sh- we'll post we'll them. Post um, I believe it was Miss. It was the team. Yeah. Yeah. She had straight hair. Um. And she looked to be relatively pale. And then I as it got closer to the pageant. She started tanning and she cut off all her hair. Now she has like a little mini fro. Yeah, and probably too. Him and it looks kind of fake. It looks so yeah. fake. Like, um, so it, it's definitely an interesting um, take. Like Brandy said, I can see both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see both. Um, but you know, as people who I probably say out of the three of us, I'm more visibly black. than like, so I'm visibly black. Yeah. Like it ain't like mm-hmm. no one's saying like, hey, you know. Are you white? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what are you? Ha- what are you? Whereas you guys probably get, you know. Yeah. People what? think I'm white. Really? Yeah. They expect- think you're biracial. That, but African, like, oh god. Anyways, nobody getting offended, but like African people think I'm white. Like full blood white. Yeah. What? I don't understand that. I don't even look white. Maybe no. they consider if you're mixed white. Maybe that's maybe yeah. Because okay, maybe see. that's maybe what it that. is. I feel like mixed is considered black, right? In America, but I, it must be an African. Like if you mix, you you white. Right. <laughs> yeah, because I was gonna say I don't know where we got mixed, where you got mixed from in that yeah. equation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I think that um, I lost my train of thought, but I. I guess with the girl tanning and all that, it just makes me question, like, because I didn't realize until you showed us the picture, it, were you at a point in your life where you wanted to do something different or were you playing up the fact that you're black mm-hmm. to win? Like, was it a, a scheme, a gimmick, whatever you want to call right. it? That's what I kind of take offense to. Like, mm-hmm. be who you are because that's a spot that could have been reserved for mm-hmm. another woman mm-hmm. of color, especially mm-hmm. if you're not even comfortable in that. Right. So... Right. It gets tricky. It definitely gets tricky. I mean, race, I feel like, is a social construct. I always say that. I feel like I know people like to bring up Barack Obama, even though he is biracial. I think he identifies himself as an African-American man. Mm -hmm. And then he therefore married a very much so African-American woman and has very much so African-American daughters. So it's, I mean... It's really, really, it's almost really how you identify and see yourself. Right. And how others see you, you right. know, whereas you have like a Meghan Markle who, um, if I didn't see her mom, I would have probably thought she yeah, was white. I thought she was white and then they, and then realized her mother was black. So, right. So, I mean, I guess that sometimes the issue becomes when you don't look like what you identify with. As, right. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I guess that could be like, if Meghan Markle, if we found out Meghan Markle's like, oh, no, like, I'm an African-American studies major, I'm this, I'd get back, like, then it's like, oh, damn, I, but I had no now idea. Now you're black, black. Yeah, right. like, so it's, <laughs> like, yeah, like, it gets confusing because I feel like everyone praised her when they found out she was black, and mm-hmm. then now they're like, well, these girls ain't black enough. It, I, that, exactly. That, yeah. I don't know. And it's like, it's the same amount of blackness that even Barack Obama had. Right. But it's like, I guess it's like how you view yourself. Yeah. And what your intentions are. And what did you get the, I guess, you know, like we were all talking about, like we all have similar things because we are viewed as African-American women. Right. Like for the majority of the mm-hmm. time. So right. We all have similar experiences. Whereas someone like a Meghan Markle probably wouldn't have had the same experiences, even though I'm sure she has her own set of experiences and struggles. Right. But as we do. 
So it's very interesting. Um, Tracy um, Ellis Ross, um, she is, they're doing mixed-ish mm, I've seen yeah. that. And it'll, um, I guess, talk about her identity as, as a child growing up mixed. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting conversations. I think we'll start to see these conversations more as the population, the biracial population grows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they said by 2050, they will be the majority. majority. Yep. I heard that. So these are going to be it's some be common... A bunch of light-skinned people. <laughs> yes, ambiguous people. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be... Know. It'll be interesting Yeah. to see how um, how it plays out. It, it's so hard to say because, like, what's black? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Black I feel like this whole colorism issue is never going to go away. No. no, it's not. No. It's definitely not. No, 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 no. Um, speaking of black woman experiences, um, a mother was banned and police were called because she came to school in a t-shirt dress and a bonnet. Yes. So <laughs> a burgundy bonnet. <laughs> initially, one of my friends, she sent it in a group in a group chat, and I'm like, I don't necessarily, I don't really go out the house in bonnets. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the event that I have to go out the house in a bonnet to take my child to school, y'all gonna get this bonnet. Like right. So I dug a little bit more into the story and basically um, I believe this happened in Texas. The woman was going to enroll her high school child into school. They told her she could not enroll her child into school because of how she was dressed and then called the cops on her. To make it even more worse is that the principal is a black woman. Um, I guess uh, what I guess you would consider like an Ivy League Mm-hmm. How they talked about in the story, uh, uppity, upper mm-hmm. echelon, yeah, mm-hmm. black woman. So, what bothered me about it is that regardless of how I am dressed, mm-hmm. I'm trying to do the right thing by enrolling my child in the school, right? Mm-hmm. A public school to which I pay for, honestly, as a taxpayer, mm-hmm. and y'all deny me that right, and then have the audacity to call the cops on me when I ask to see what is the parental dress code that y'all right. apparently have. Mm-hmm. So then. The next day, the school implemented this parental dress code after the situation happened. So there was never one to begin with. Mm-hmm. Mm. It pissed me off because, first of all, I am a grown ass person. Mm-hmm. And I'm not coming to this school to come to school. I'm bringing my child. Right. A high schooler at that. A bonnet and a T-shirt dress. Mm-hmm. And y'all gonna call the cops on me. I mean, what kind of t-shirt dress we talking? See, there's I'm a thinking, pajama kind, and there's a literally a t-shirt dress. When like, I'm seeing a t-shirt dress, what this is what I'm visualizing right now. I'm visualizing a bonnet on a head, and I'm visualizing something a, that's no almost bra, to the knees. No bra, some <laughs> big titties hanging in a t-shirt dress, and some flip flops. See, I didn't. I that's didn't, what I'm visualizing. Dead on. Dead on. I, I'm visualizing I wasn't that. visualizing that. I'm thinking really? a t-shirt dress, maybe like. You ain't gonna have a cute Thigh t-shirt with a with like a, something a, I had on Friday. Something like that what you had on dress. Friday. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking something a little bit thinner material, and no bra, <laughs> and the titties hanging. If because you're not putting but no that bra, sounds, but that sounds dress. like what I wear to bed. I, I mean, my grandma buys me like those the, little long t- dresses. Yeah, I wish we could find a picture. <laughs> but my know, thing yeah. is, and it, it makes me wonder <laughs> if it had been a white woman, would anybody tell her that she couldn't enroll right. her child in the school and call the cops on her? You I don't like I mean? that people automatically think women are ghetto if they wear a bonnet out the house. And I was listening. They were talking about this on the read. And I was listening to it. And it's like, you don't know what I had going on that morning. You don't mm-hmm. know what my struggle could have been, mm-hmm. what 
dilemma I had to mm-hmm. even get here. Yeah. I'm just trying to get my child enrolled in school. I agree. Um, I was when I first saw it, I was like, I don't give a damn if I was dressed up like Jason. If I'm coming to get my kid, I need you better like because then they were talking about you won't even your child need to be dismissed to you if you are you know not like all oh, I'm like I need my kid. But then I started to listen to what she was saying. So then of course I can see things from both sides. Yeah. They were saying like you know. First of all, there's a dress code for kids to be in the building. And then the the principal got on, and even though she does sound like an upper echelon, she was very much so like, da-da-da-da. You know, she was breaking it down, sound mm-hmm. like an auntie at the cookout. So I got what she was saying. She was like, you know, there were women coming in. She was like, one woman came in with a, with a see-through mesh top on, with nothing like you know like just people were just wearing anything like you got your pajamas out I could see a thong I could see this you now with the bonnet it's a tricky situation because as black women we have a lot of things that go on with our hair you know I, I could understand the nudity part yeah that I totally agree with there should be something put in right. place we shouldn't be able to see your nipples we shouldn't be able to see your thong mm-hmm. but a bonnet but like, a bonnet that's <laughs> what I'm saying like a bonnet I can see but they were like you know we want you to take I, the bonnet, I guess I will never really be able to fully understand because the bonnet is almost like the same as a hat. Right. But I feel like with black women, you know, like there's some struggles. Like there's some women that if their hair is not done, they're not leaving the house. Exactly. Right. And if they would wear a bonnet versus walking out the house. With, with fucked up hair. Without their hair. Right. Yeah. Or I'm just not ready to take my wrap down. It, okay. Right. I, I am a grown ass person. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, like, we'll have definitely upload her clip because she made some great points. Like, basically, like, she's like, I'm from, like, a place where, you know, how you, you know, you, how you leave the house is how you'll be approached. Like, just make sure that you are always, like, I guess basically adhering to these society cool views. standards, right? To, but to that's higher. yours. I've left right. the house looking like shit and I've left the house looking like a fucking 10 and I've got the same fucking yeah. response from people. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. The point is... She should have been able to enroll her child in yes, school. Yes, it ain't like she was walking y'all around the school. could have addressed it after the fact. But to I tell agree. me I can't enroll my child and then y'all call the cops on me because I asked to see this made-up dress code mm-hmm. that y'all didn't even have the day that I was there. Right. Yeah. So how do you feel about pajamas? <sighs> People wearing pajamas in the school. Because kids can't wear pajamas. If I'm picking up my child... Should I- the dress code be the same for the kids as it is the parents? I'm not a parent. But how often are we going into the schools and the kids are seeing the parent? Right. Is it more so the parent is just going into the office? Mm-hmm. Because when I go to my son's school, we can't go beyond the office. Right. But so you, know, you still see kids roaming and roaming being in, in the and office. out of the office. Cool. I get that. My thing is, if I'm not if, if I'm not causing a scene mm-hmm. and I'm up there to get my child or something happened with my child, mm-hmm. I, as parents, I know I see they may have to call my best friend because something's going on with the kid. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. see. So if I'm stopping what I'm doing, I'm not doing all of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm simply just not for me to be there probably, what, maybe 15 minutes to appease you right. because of how you grew up right. and what true. you consider to be right. That's true. Fuck you. Yeah. Like I agree. I feel like as long as it's tasteful, like I don't like, I feel like titties once they get to a certain level right. <laughs> they need to be put see up. when you know? I want my titties out I will put on a hoodie or a jacket right. that you yeah. can't see right I'm not wearing no fucking tight ass t-shirt where yeah. you can just see exactly. my titties like, there has like, been, there's been times I've went out the house and I ain't had no bra on. I'm a double mm-hmm. D, but I have on a baggy enough shirt to yeah. where you can't you tell, can't tell. That I got my titties right. out yeah. but mm-hmm. like things like that it's like alright 
put right. the titties up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, but me personally, I have common sense to know, like, okay, you're going to go handle business. But there's probably places not where they're going to. Right. You know there's what people mean? that don't know that have that common sense. You know, we've seen it. I, I mean, the picture that I got, I feel like is from an image I've seen growing up of a woman coming to school with a bonnet on and an oversized male's t-shirt with the right. titties hanging. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the flip-flop. Right. So it's like, it's like, it, but then she said, you know, all this backlash and all this up where I'm getting, make sure y'all put this into your children's education. And that, I do agree with. I, I agree with that too. Because if you, she said, I need to see y'all at PTA meetings. I need to see y'all at teacher conferences meetings. I need y'all to see, like, I need to see this same energy. Right. That and you I'm, guys are exerting. I'm completely okay with that. And up in arms about with this mm-hmm. dress code. Like, so she basically said, keep that same energy. Right. I, yeah. And I'm. <laughs> I'm not against the dress code. That I 100% agree with. Mm-hmm. Not against that. But to tell me I can't enroll my child in the school, mm-hmm. that's where I Or I pick have up my kid. Right. That, right. That's where I have a problem. Because now I'm calling the cops on y'all because I feel like now y'all fucking with, uh, this sound, seems like kidnapping. Right. <laughs> Run my damn baby y'all. I don't give a fuck what the fuck I look like. Speaking of, I want to throw this. I know I didn't put it on Alan, but I want to throw this cool. in there. This pissed me off the whole week. So... Howard University. Did y'all hear that story about the the community using them as a dog a dog park using no. the yard as a dog park? People are mm-hmm. walking their dogs. Yes, on the yard. People are coming in having family picnics on the yard, and there was a news report where the um one of the college students was like, you know, the yard is for students, and truth be told, it is a private campus. Even mm-hmm. though it's in a public space, it is mm-hmm. a private campus. We just want people to be respectful. And then there was a gentleman who was white that lived in the community. And he was like, well, Howard's in the community. So you guys are the community. So if you don't like it, then you guys should move. Move Mm -hmm. to school. Yes. Like. (laughs) So the backstory is like gentrification, I feel like. It it is it's that's exactly what it um, is because probably within the last ten years, like mm-hmm. if you guys ever been to DC, mm-hmm. it was predominantly black neighborhood. They've came in and they're you know it, they're bringing their bring, little yeah. shoes and they're fucking <laughs> you know they're they're and then now they're like they're turning this. That's so disrespectful. I think like all it's that college campuses should be closed. Like. Yes. Like, it's a college campus. These people are paying fucking tuition. Exactly. They don't need shit on the fucking yard. Yeah. yeah. It's not, and this is, and it's called the yard. Like, this is actually, like, historically, like, you know, yeah. it has so much historical meaning. And for these fucking white people with their damn shih tzus, and they want to walk their shih tzus and up and down the yard. probably picking the shit up. Definitely not picking the <laughs> shit up. You know? What took me out is when they said that people have been having full-blown family picnics, and there's parks Around the I area. I didn't know they were just... I thought they were just walking their dog, but they're having family picnics. picnics. Family picnics, all of that. And I didn't even go to an HBCU, but that is some disrespectful mm-hmm. shit. And then to say, well, y'all should just move to school. Bitch, you move. Like... <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I, I'm so... I'm fed up. <laughs> I'm so over that. I'm fed up. No, dead eyes. I would be so... I didn't know they were taking family... Like, imagine being at an HBCU, right? A mm-hmm. place that you finally feel like you are home. Like, you you know, you are with like-minded people that look like you. And you see Connor, Heather, and with <laughs> fucking <laughs> Becky Sue and fucking Grayson. Like, having a picnic in the middle of the yard. 
I would be pissed. And then follow up with, well, y'all can leave. Well, y'all right. can leave? Like, what? It's just kind of like a fuck you. Like, yeah. It's that privilege, though. It's that white privilege. It's that entitlement. I'm like, and, and they made a good point. Like, let's take a whole bunch of niggas and go to Georgetown. Oh. And play our music and Jesus. They don't have the barbecue. Cop, the the cops. Y'all gonna call the cops. The like. cops would be there. Imme- they don't care if you were or you're in a surrounding area. If you have a house in that zip code, the cops are on your ass. And they're gonna probably come up with something like, hey, you know, it's not illegal, but this is they would I mean, they would find a law to implement to make it illegal. Right. So where only students can be on the campus. And I feel like that. That's not a rule, but I always feel like they, it's always been insinuated that campus is for students. You know, yeah. it's always been insinuated like yeah. this is it. So I, yeah, yeah, you're right. <sighs> All right. It. So since we're talking about black and white, <laughs> <laughs> we may need to call this show black and white. <sighs> yeah, we should. Or blackish. <laughs> All right. So let me tell y'all what happened to me last night. All right. So. Um, I was at a hotel with my kids and my sister and I walked away for a second to go to the bar. And so when I got there, I stood up for a second because I was reading the menu and then I sat down at a table because all the bar seats were taken. Mm-hmm. So it was probably maybe one other black person there when I got there. So anyways, I'm sitting at the table waiting for a server to come. No one comes. So a few minutes later, a group of white people come and sit at the table next to me. Immediately, as soon as they sit down, the bartender's yelling from the bar, hey, are you guys ordering? I'll come get your order. Walks over to the table, takes their order, goes back to the bar, makes their drinks, takes in their drink, go back to the bar. She never once acknowledged me, never said anything to me, none of that. So I'm like, okay, cool. So once some of the seats at the bar became available, I went to the bar and sat down, and a different person was like, how are you doing? I said, hmm. You know, I, I'm all right. He was like, oh, you kind of hesitate. I said, because I just want to know why your coworker didn't acknowledge me or take my order, but she took the order at the table next to me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, well, I didn't see you there. Maybe she didn't see you. And at the time, I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, it is what it is. Let me know what wines you have. Mm-hmm. So... I order my wine or whatever, whatever. So after he gives me my glass, he goes back and says something to her. And they're literally like, how far me and you are? Mm-hmm. And I and he says something to her and I hear her say, I mean, sometimes you just got to get up and say something. Uh, and I was like, I should cuss this bitch out. But I'm like, nope, I ain't going to say nothing. You know, okay. So I get my check and he was like, would you like to take this stuff to the room? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. So then she going to say... Oh, I apologize. I said, don't apologize to me after you made a smart-ass comment. Thank you. And I got my shit and walked away. (laughs) So then I start thinking about it, and I'm like, there's no way this bitch didn't see me. First of all, when I got there, I stood up for a good amount of time, Mm -hmm. and then I sat down. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a pass on that, but you service a table right next to me. They were literally... yeah. You fucking see me. Mm -hmm. You see me. Mm -hmm. And you still didn't say shit. And why do I have to get up? They ain't have to get up and say shit yeah. to you. Like, why do I have to? Sometimes oh, you say something like, what? I was pissed. I, I was you pissed. You need to make a complaint. Did you not get her name? I, I wish you got her name. I didn't, but I said, I wasn't going to say nothing. I know. What's the hotel? The Hilton Easton. Yeah. Y'all so, hear that? <laughs> when I checked out, 
the lady took me to the bar manager. I said something to her. She wrote my complaint down, and she was very apologetic. And did they comp you anything? She, for they one? gave me and my kids and my sister free breakfast because at that point she asked what she could do. I'm like, I'm checked out now. And she was right. like, Well, let me at least give you free breakfast. Like I apologize. Mm-hmm. She was saying like the guy was the manager at night, and he should have handled that differently. He should have been apologetic. He should have talked to her uh-huh. privately. Oh, so that was like, the manager that. that you were talking to. He was the manager. Oh. <laughs> he was the night manager, but when I talked to the lady this morning she was the morning manager mm-hmm. but the way he was acting you wasn't handling that mm-hmm. handling that like a manager y'all was over there powwowing and laughing and shit i was so fucking offended and it took so much for me not to fucking act my my color like right. i wanted to go to fuck off but i just like let me get my shit and walk away and it's so crazy because it's like you didn't want to act like a black person because they know right. it was expected of you but it's like y'all make us turn up on y'all exactly like y'all this is what you wanted i was so you don't understand. I'm, I'm over so here livid. Like, yeah. And I feel like I should have did more and I should have been like, nah, I need my stay free. <laughs> I need my free no, breakfast. You, you and another night. You know take what I'm saying? it to the top. Yeah. Because that's the last thing they want. And then for her to make such a comment, like, well, sometimes you just got to say something. Like, yeah. Like, sometimes you got to get up and say something. I'm, I'm like, not in the yelling field. Like, what the fuck? Right. You see me. But I, it makes me think, like, are we not visible? That I was just about to say, you said that you see me, but they don't. Right. That's the thing. They don't. Mm-mm. I don't think yeah. a lot of times we're, we're visible. Like we're, we're, we're like invisible in these spaces because whether they've been conditioned to, we're not going to tip or we're going to be rude or right. we're, we're just browsing or we're, it's going to be a hard take. Right. You know, they're going to want to get their food. Like, you know, we're just not visible in certain spaces in a space like that where you're, in all sense of the word, we're like word, you're the patron. They're the one that's supposed to service you. Right. But it's almost like we got to service them. We have right. to make them feel comfortable. We have to assert ourselves and right. like speak up when they should be coming in, you know, mm-hmm. doing everything that we ask. That is so wild. <sighs> yeah, I was just You like, got to make another complaint. Maybe I should. I think so because I feel like that is so fucking rude. And, and it's so crazy that people will will treat you like you're like a second class citizen, like right? Yeah. Once I had to think about it, I was thinking about had it you all been night. a white man like, in a suit that looks in his mid forties, right. or you know, and I don't know if it's like well, how old was she? Did she look younger or was uh, she kind of older? She probably was in her thirties. And that's another thing I feel like they see like a black woman that is young that you know mm-hmm. you look like you could early 20s easily it's kind of like right even still yeah you get but brushed even off. still i could have been there ordering food like yeah. you know what i'm saying no but i'm saying like you get brushed off like because yeah. you're not yeah you know it's that's just so wild. i don't know but that shit pissed me and off and the thing is it's like you're expected not to say anything mm-hmm. like i'm just supposed to take that like, like she I'm seemed like she was offended that i even said something like oh, yeah. like the audacity yeah you. like i can't believe like <laughs> what but then they wonder why we don't and I hate like I always hate when I have to tip because like I don't want to tip because yeah. tip I should be tipping you off of your right. service but I know I have to because you think I'm not right and yeah. I made sure I didn't even be ignorant and do no one dollar two dollar like I ain't be, do no right. shitty tipping like I'm still like I'm gonna let you think what you think and I'm gonna still be who I am yeah. like and that's what and that's why sometimes when I get the root service I always like write on my my thing like I'm only tipping because you th- probably thought I wasn't. <laughs> you know what? I, I think now that I'm getting older, like, I really don't give a fuck about people being comfortable. Like, mm-hmm. no, yeah, that's true. At my expense. Yeah, that's, I, that's I real. Don't 
care about you being it, it being convenient for you mm-hmm. or comfortable for you right anymore like no. i don't give two shits yeah. i agree like, i think that's important too because it's almost like we always have to assimilate ourselves and be like a watered down version of ourselves when we're in the company of other white people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I was, we were all kicking it, um, hanging out and we're plaster drunk as we should be. Cause it's a celebratory, you know, situation. And we have like, we're at the highest level of sweets or whatever. And like the one girl, I could see that she was upset because we were on these white people that we were being Drunk, drunk, thirty. Yeah. You know, people in their thirties here for this celebratory situation, and she's like trying to coddle them and make sure this white couple is comfortable and engage in conversation for them to be comfortable. I'm like, bitch, we pay more money than them. Yeah, we at the sweet sweets. They at the regular <laughs> shit. Why the fuck are we? Like, why do we have to prove that we can are allowed in these spaces? Like, yeah. it's right. always like a we have to prove that you know we can be here. Or we have to act a certain way mm-hmm. or like yeah, you know like. Yeah. I always have this weird thing about like playing my music in the car or like mm. my kids being loud or my kids singing certain songs. I just be like, don't do that. Be quiet. Don't be don't be ghetto. But it's but, just like y'all play y'all's loud ass music without no problem. Without no problem. But when we do it, y'all be staring at us like we fucking stabbing somebody. Yeah. Like I just don't understand. Like I'm. Is I'm, that not so yeah. crazy? Yeah. And like they call it white girl wasted for a reason. So even though like I get drunk and I'm like. It ain't got nothing <laughs> on white girl wasted. But it's okay for them to get drunk and want to fight their best friend over <laughs> right. over, the, over them, you know. Like, it'd be the smallest shit, but it's okay. This is, like, exp- this is okay behavior for them. Right. right. But I get, we get drunk and we want to fight a couple bitches. Now we, <laughs> we, we hella. But you got the white man that's drunk that's fighting his brother over, you know, eating the last cookie at the bar. Right. It's like, I hate that. Yeah. I hate it. It's just like, but these are the experiences that I think I go back to saying, like, as black people, we have experience as a collective. And that's why it's hard to say, like, are these these people that, you know, we were talking about earlier, can we really say, okay, they're black? Yeah. Because they don't, they haven't had some of these experiences that we yeah. have. I get that. I don't know if y'all will be open to it, but there is this white guy that I work with and he would be really interesting to come and talk about his side of things. I would definitely cool welcome it. Yeah. Cause we have conversations on the side and what yeah. type, what is, but give I kinda, me a little, I, I kind of feel like him and Brandy might go back and it. forth, but he's like, that. he has like, his mom is a hippie. His dad is a doctor. Like, so he feels like he has like a, a good collective like a privilege but he's not like a racist type of okay person is he one of those people like we're all we're all one race we're the human race is he one <laughs> um, of those people <laughs> i don't know if i get that vibe okay. from him but i hate that vibe <laughs> he has some interesting things to say and but i don't know i might let him come on and speak for himself yeah i'll be okay with that i was all my days are running together so i can't remember where where i was or where i heard this it might have been when I was in Tampa, but basically they were saying that people can be racially offensive and not be racist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of stuck out to me because mm-hmm. we're quick to say someone is a racist off of the ignorant things that they say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may not always be the case. I mm-hmm. think it kind of goes back to that you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. type yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And then also your perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily dislike this entire race. What I happen to say just happens mm-hmm. to be offensive to mm-hmm. some. I I would be open to that. 
I think that would be a great okay. that would be a great show to have. Like, yeah, I, I would definitely be open to that, especially yeah. to hear from a white male's point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's like the high, you know, in the yeah. hierarchy. That's especially if he came from his dad's a doctor. So you know, that's a whole nother yeah. layer of privilege too. So yeah, I think that'd be interesting. And he just started listening to our show. So oh yeah, I would definitely be open to that. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'll set it up. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so we I just gotta add. I don't, Sorry. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to. I would be honest. All this shit that you know, and we'll go to our next topic. I would not want to be anything but a black woman. Period. Okay, because we like the dopest shit ever. <laughs> like it's so crazy how dope black women are. But okay, so um, we got some um, hypothetical questions here to ask. Um, so I have moved on from my ex, but. Family still keeps him around. What should I do? Have you guys ever been in a situation where your ex is still around? Yes. How do you feel? Um, At the moment, it's kind of not really awkward because we're cool. Mm-hmm. But I'll be thinking in the future, like, all right, what if I get in a relationship or you get in a relationship? Then what? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and I remember after we first broke up, my mom was just kind of like, I mean, we ain't ready for somebody new, so... It is what it is. And this one time we were all going on a trip and I was trying to uninvite him. <laughs> and my mom and my grandpa went behind my back and was like, oh, you still coming? I'm like, how the fuck do y'all get to do that? I said, I don't want him to come. And y'all just going to invite him anyway? Oh, yeah. <sighs> Disrespectful. Disrespectful. Do you feel like this? Do you feel like it holds you back from moving on at all? Um, Like even in the smallest way. I may have felt like that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, not really just because I'm not really in anything serious, mm-hmm. but it's just like, how do you have that conversation? Like if I am serious with somebody like, um, you can't come around here no more. Like, but I mean, I don't mind it. I really don't mind him and my yeah, family I are so cool. Situation be if you got with someone so cool, like you did like the whole Kamora Lee Simmons thing and mm-hmm. like. He can still cut like your ex would be cool <laughs> enough to be there, and your new guy would be cool enough. Like that would be the ideal situation. I don't know if he would do that. Really? Yeah. I mean, that does nah. that takes a whole nother level of. I mean, like, but I wouldn't mind it. I mean, right. I don't give a damn because right. I feel like he doesn't really have a big family. He don't really his family don't do anything because it's like five of them. So I don't mm-hmm. mind him still coming around because him and my family are cool. But it's just like when that time comes, like I think I think yeah. he. I think he what do you could. Say? I think he'd have to get to that place. But I think he could. I think he could be okay with it. Yeah. I think so too. I think what is always the the easiest is when the uh, when that person finds someone first. Yeah. That's sure. when it's the easiest. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, okay, great. <laughs> so this is what we're gonna do. You and her come over. <laughs> I got somebody like that is like the best thing. Like the person that is kind of like the last one to let go when they find that person first. Mm-hmm. I think it makes everything so much, much more smooth. Yeah. You yeah. know? Cause then you can like great. Could cool. you be okay with it? Yeah. Yeah. If he moved on and was bringing someone around. As long as the girl had manners. Cause yeah. you know, some bitches like to be disrespectful Rude. for yeah. no reason. Yeah. But if she was like, yeah. you could do it. I could do it. I Listen, I'm going to help you find a girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you get to that point where like, yes, I can do it. I'll be okay. I've, I've never had an ex that my family was still like, yeah, wanted to be involved with. Um, when I break, they break. Mm-hmm. But I've had I've had guys still like kind of keep in touch with my mom or reach out to my stepdad because mm-hmm. 
of the business that he's in and mm-hmm. different things like that. And it's like, bro, go go find your own air conditioned person. Like, yeah, <laughs> don't call my dad. Like, yeah. You don't have to call my dad. There's um, a million people that do this. Like. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I think it would be weird. Uh, I think it would be very awkward. Because yeah. I feel like the kind of person that I am is like, my family would be all welcoming and I just would be like, okay, why are you here? And I yeah. probably wouldn't even, again, make someone else comfortable. Mm-hmm. No. Like, yeah. Why are you here? Yeah, that would be. There's, I guess it's the perks of no one ever meeting your family because I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of my family thinks we're married, honestly. And I just be like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting never knew that <laughs> alright so um, do you make it hard for people to love you are you an easy person to love are you a hard person to love mm. I would say I'm a hard person to love mm-hmm. just because not even that my standards are too high or I have all these crazy ass expectations but I think I'm not really quick to let my guard down for somebody or like I think all niggas ain't about the right shit so I just be like you know yeah I keep you out of distance once you try to get too close I'm like uh-uh mm-hmm. so mm. I think I got mad trust issues definitely mm. and that can make it hard yeah I I don't think I make it hard for people to mm-hmm. love me mm-hmm um, I think that I can be so strong-minded that that can be difficult for people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I make it a point for people to understand that there is a difference between loving me and knowing how to love me. Mm-hmm. I think that that's two totally different things. Right. Um, I feel like there's people that, yeah, you love me. I don't question that, but you don't know how to love me. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah, that might be the hard part is knowing how to love me specifically. Just a spinoff question. When you are dealing with someone that loves you but does not know how to love you, do you, like, verbalize that or you just kind of notice it and just kind of, like, internalize it? I think I haven't quite had the experience to be able to vocalize that with someone. Mm -hmm. I think it's something that I've recently learned probably within – the last couple of years that there is a difference. Mm. Um, I think going forward, I would make that very vocal mm-hmm. um, because I mean, we can love anybody. Like if, I was having this conversation with Ashley the other day, actually. And the situation we were talking about, she's like, uh, do you really think mm, that that was love? And I'm like, well, let's look up the definition of love. Mm-hmm. And it was something to the effect of a strong affection for somebody. Cause in my mind, it's like, okay, you can do X, Y, and Z for somebody. And I think that's a representation of the fact that you love them. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it if I didn't love you, right. in a sense. But knowing what Brandy needs as a woman, what Lynn needs as a person, what Darielle needs as a person is mm-hmm. totally different from just loving me. There's certain things mm-hmm. that I specifically need, mm-hmm. and that's the how-to. Yeah. So I think going forward, yes, I will vocalize that. Yeah. I think I'm going to vocalize it, too. That's why I asked you. (laughs) Yeah, I always say I feel like I'm an easy person to love just because I'm very easygoing. But Mm -hmm. I know that I'm a difficult person to deal with. Mm -hmm. So it's like I can see how some like, damn, I love her, but fuck. (laughs) This is not what I envisioned, you know. So I know I can be I'm extremely emotional and I don't 
like once I get comfortable, I don't hold back on that. Right. So how I'm feeling, you're going to know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm madly in love with you, you're going to know. If I'm pissed off at you and I don't want to speak to you, you're getting blocked. Yeah. Period. Like at the drop of a hat, like you're getting blocked. Yeah. You know, or you're going to hear my mouth. So and that could be a lot to deal with. Yeah. You know, like it's dope when it's really when it's good. But when it's bad, it's like, this is a lot to deal with. So I yeah. always thought like, oh, it's just so easy to love. And I realized like, yeah, you're probably easy to love, but like you're really hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. So whatever. I feel like I'm worth it. So <laughs> <laughs> so what, are, what or who do you regret taking for granted? Is there some things or someone that you feel like you have um, taken for granted and you now realize it? Or some, maybe some experiences? When I first seen that question, I nothing came to mind. Mm. But once I thought about it, I wanted to say my stepdad. Mm. Just because he is so amazing. Like he's a great dad, very supportive, very loving, very caring. But I never really allowed him to be like a father figure. Like I never really opened up to him too much just because you know, him and my mom got together when I was maybe like five. And it was just kind of like you and my dad. Mm-hmm. I want my father, but my father's not here. So I was just so caught up in that and wondering why my dad wasn't there that I didn't really take the time to really get to know him and bond with him. And so I don't know. I I would like to have a conversation with him to see how he feels. Because I know it kind of hurt his feelings. That was my next question. Um, Cause this little things that he may have said, but I don't know. Like it would be an interesting conversation to have. I think that that's a relationship that you could cultivate now. Mm-hmm. Like it's not too late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. And he's he's really like active in my kids' life, mm-hmm. my kids' lives, and my dad's not like when you ask him like who is their grandpa, it's him. Like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So. You can still give him the flowers though while he's here. So I can. That you yeah. recognize that now, yeah. Versus later, and it's like, damn, I wish yeah. I, you know, mm-hmm. would have did this or you know said that. So. Yeah, but right. Come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are. I've like I don't know if you guys ever see that like that um that meme where like or that question where people say, do women ever realize when they've lost a good man or when they fucked up a good man or do women ever say that like I don't know I think it may be something more of like a Twitter thing I've been mm-hmm. seeing yeah, it. I've seen it um and I feel like there was someone that I met and he was like a really good man um I was too young to really appreciate it and see it mm-hmm. um and I definitely took him for granted and um yeah I, sh- I shouldn't like I-, I fucked that was one of my things that I fuck up and I even though I was like 19 no I was like 20 maybe mm. and then I was like 20 years old and I was like damn I realized that and it's like 10 years later and it's like <laughs> that's crazy I'm not like I wish I was with him or anything like that but right. I wish I would have been able to experience that and have those full experiences with him mm-hmm. because I felt like he was that good of a man and um he really I was going through a lot during that time mm-hmm. and um he was so supportive. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and he was so supportive. He said if I was 30 and I wasn't married, he'd come find me. But he ain't find me yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't married. <laughs> um, 
nothing really came to mind for me either mm-hmm. at first. Um, actually, until you just said that, I I think I realized it in the moment, not necessarily realizing it now. But there was a guy I used to date and younger, mm-hmm. really didn't appreciate it, and um, he was really busy at the time because he was an entrepreneur and doing things. And I remember I used to fuss all the time like you don't spend enough time with me you're always busy mm-hmm. blah, blah 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 and then I remember Christmas we went to dinner he bought me gifts and mm. gave and I literally cried in the car because <laughs> I didn't give I didn't get him anything I didn't think to because it right. was like I don't see you enough I don't right. know right and he was such a really good guy and it was just like in the moment you just really didn't have time and so like now I see that like he's doing all these things he's living his whole family life um and he's gotten to that place in his career where he can do that and it's like oh like i'm happy for you do so. you wish that it could be you <laughs> <laughs> um no no i don't um full transparency um uh, i did reach out to him okay like, after my my last relationship okay. ended okay um, not knowing that he was there, there right. in that space, mm-hmm. and um, once I realized it, I'm like, oh, shoot, like my bad, my bad, like yeah, I didn't realize it, but no, I think everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the moment it was just like more so my mindset was like, well, you're never going to be in a successful relationship because you don't have time, mm-hmm. but I didn't have patience, mm, so. Damn. Yeah. Damn, damn, damn. <laughs> Woo, shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Well. <laughs> That's interesting. That was a great ending to the show. <laughs> I know. We got one more. I don't even know if we should just save this for next week or just mm. leave it on that. No, I feel like we talking about. it. Huh? You want to talk about menstrual cycles? <laughs> yeah. Let's just leave it on that note. What did you say? It's not that. I, I said it. I think I said it wasn't that he didn't have time. It's that I didn't have patience. Yes. Yes. That's the whole conversation. Like, can we talk about that before we end the show? I don't want to end on that. Why? <laughs> like, just, I just don't. I don't. That's a good reflective <laughs> moment. Like, yeah. this is great to reflect. Like, yeah. you need to be able to reflect and realize. Like, and I'm glad that you don't. I used to regret people and I would just be like looking at their lives like, this should be me. I should be this. But now I just realized, like, like you said, what was meant to be was happens and everything yeah. happens for a reason yeah and what's funny is because now i'm more appreciative of time because mm-hmm. i am busy mm-hmm. when was I he was, older than you at the time like a year okay yeah like a year um i'm more appreciative of my of my time i was just saying that like i don't have time for much of anything anymore mm-hmm. and i guess now in like relationships and dating Quality time is important, but I understand that I don't have much of it. So I mm-hmm. make the most of the time that I have with people mm-hmm. because I myself is I'm busy. So I mm-hmm. feel like when I wasn't busy and I wasn't doing anything and I wasn't pursuing anything, mm-hmm. I had all the time in the world to nag about somebody right. building right. a legacy and a life for themselves. So mm-hmm. now I'm like, I get it. You get it. Yeah. And the time that they give you is just that much more valuable because they right. it's not like they have a you know excess of it. Like they just right. Yeah. So. Patience is a virtue. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. All right. Well, we will. I'll listen to Darielle and we will not end it on the menstrual tip. Um, we'll save it for next week. We'll open it up with that. Um, 
just a quick reminder. I know we talked about it earlier. So the um, the Columbus Podcast Awards, August 25th, voting has already begun. So make sure you check out um, Take Control Social Medias. I think it is in our bio, um, the link to vote. Um, and Daryl said that she gave you guys a step-by-step way to vote. Uh, make sure you guys vote. Definitely um, make sure you get tickets. It's a free event. So, and it should be fun. It's in the summer. You ladies have anything you want to add? Uh, voting does end on May 31st. But other than that, I don't think I have anything else. It's Cinco de Mayo, bitches. I'm going to give me a margarita. <laughs> Are we going to the day party? Do we have time? It's yes! 348. Yes, Girl, I'm going to go. Home. Nobody goes on time. Yeah. Okay. We're going to get dressed. <laughs> Turn it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Boycott Hilton Easton. Yeah. <laughs> we see y'all later. We out, y'all. Bye. <laughs>